You're listening to We, we, we the Aether Podcast, within and without. Welcome. Well, thank you for having this uh, chat today. I think a lot of people really appreciate it. And um, do you mind just introducing yourself to kick things off? And uh, for anyone's not familiar, could you brought up to speed with some of, some of what you do? Sure. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be having another talk. Um, it's been, been a while. Um, so my name, a lot of people know me as Ajit, which is um, one of my musical projects and kind of one of my identities. Um, but my, my given name and a name that I'm using as part of another um, musical project is Siobhan, um, which is um, kind of just becoming something that I'm bringing into my work life. Normally that's only been my kind of my name in, in personal relationships. Um, and, and my partner in this duo uh, called Woven Kin is Ashling Irwin. Um, so yeah, we're, we're really, really excited to be um, starting to share some music under Woven Kin. And um, it's kind of a fun new thing for me as well to be um, talking to you all from a place outside of my Ajit uh, realm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and what made you start to want to transition into a new, I guess it's like a new phase of your life. Would you describe it that way? And, and a new, even the style of music that you produce with Woven Kin is, is a little bit different. So what, what sort of like kindled that in you to start making that transition and start to, I, it's almost like an evolution in a way because everyone sort of progresses through life and, and is always changing and evolving. So just for you to take that step, what, what got it started for you? Yeah, um, I think, I think I started making music uh, really young like I've always I've always been a musician and loved music but I started making music professionally quite quickly um, it was kind of an accident almost at when I made my first album and I was in college and um, I'm a yoga teacher I really love um, that kind of that aspect of my life and of who I am so at that time um, I think I really I was I was, I guess, 19 when I, when I started doing this professionally and being a full-time musician. Um, and so, yeah, I was just quite young and it was quite overwhelming. So it felt really good to me um, to kind of move into this identity of an artist identity, um, which is a jeet um, and making music for meditation, especially, and kind of music with a, with a, purpose almost more than um, just for the sake of listening, but also to accompany people in their, in their practice of yoga and meditation. Um, and I think, like you said, it's just a sort of evolution um, in our own lives. Like I was, I was in a place of really exploring. I was in my, um, you know, teens and early twenties um, and traveling a lot. I spent a lot of time in India studying, um, mantra and and classical Indian music and I think I was so moved by these folk traditions from other parts of the world that were kind of I was just discovering them and just meeting them um, and they kind of helped me so much in my own um, exploration and it's just in the last few years that I think um, it's so natural that we sort of orbit and in the last few years I started to really miss the um, the kind of roots of my musical identity, which was um, growing up in in a sort of Irish music scene and family. Um, so I started just, I think it just kind of happened sort of naturally in my own life to want to circle back to more of my, my roots, even though what is foreign to me is um, really incredible to explore. I also, in exploring that, I also sort of looked back at my own folk traditions of my own family and my own childhood and just saw it with a different light kind of appreciated it more I think um, and mm -hmm. so yeah these this this new musical project is um, probably more in line with my musical roots and my introduction to music which I've just kind of I think I kind of missed um, as much as my exploration of more trance music and meditative music is also very genuinely a part of me musically. I just, um, my heart kind of called me back um, home in a sense, like back to 
um, more where I where my musical love came from. Mm -hmm. and, and I think we touched on that briefly when we first spoke, when we were speaking uh, with you under the name of Ajit, uh, mm -hmm. and, and you talked a lot about that music, but I remember you touching on that you kind of grew up in this family that was always singing in like uh, kind of that Irish folk style, I suppose, and a very like upbeat and uplifted. So uh, it is really interesting to see you make that transition because I, I was first introduced to your music uh, as Ajit and, and more of that mantra meditation style. And, and I came to really appreciate it. I thought it was like this most beautiful type of music. That I, and I was pretty unfamiliar with that style of music even as well. So you were kind of an, a real introduction for me in, in that, that whole realm. So, uh, and a wonderful introduction. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, to see you now produce this style of music, uh, it's really, really cool to see. And, and to see you go back to your roots, it's, it's almost like I'm excited for you to see all this sort of mm -hmm. transpire in your life. Um, so now are you, when you, I guess, work with, um, sorry, is it, it's Ash, Ashling? Ashling? Ashling, yeah. Ashling, okay. So when you work with her, uh, she's over in, in Europe and Ireland, about, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. so you mostly travel over there and then collaborate in that way, or, or how do you two work together at the moment? Yeah, um, before, before COVID, we were um, spending a lot of time together in Ireland doing all of the recording together there. Um, and then also she tours with, um, she's a part of my band for Ajit. So there's a lot of um, kind of crossover between those two projects. But um, since, since COVID, we've been isolating in different countries. And so that's been really interesting um, to, yeah, be making music from a distance. And um, it's had, I mean, I wouldn't really trade it. Like it's, it's been a pretty incredible process as well, as much as, we would, if we had the choice, we would much rather be in the same place. Um, I think the sort of introspection piece and the sort of quiet solitude actually matches the style of music that we're making really well. Mm. And yeah, that, that the COVID thing kind of threw like a, a wrench in the whole um, process for everyone, I suppose, but especially the musical process of you touring and stuff. So have you been really not doing much touring at all. And I think I've caught a few of your live streams that you've, that you've done. Um, is that sort of the direction you're, you're more shifting now because of the, the pandemic and everything locking down randomly and, and transiting so weird? Yeah, I mean, it's such a wild time to be a, a human being, I think, wherever you are in the world. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a very strange time to be a musician because we're so used to um, you know, just on a practical level, touring is a huge part of our our businesses and our lives. And also, I think part of um, like what satisfies, I can only speak for myself, but I know for a lot of musicians, it's like um, that feeling of, of playing your music live and the connection with audiences is like a huge part of um, what kind of gives you purpose and, a, and energy and vitality and just like such a huge part of the creative um life I think for a musician yeah, is sharing like I remember I would go to your concert and you would get the whole audience involved so like that aspect mm -hmm. has kind of been removed from it which I'm sure is a yeah. good for you and you're there in that moment so yeah. yeah it's totally different like I think um and yeah you you understand because you've been there with with me and with my band and kind of the way that we like to be with people and it's so dependent on the the people who are there and the, the sort of feeling that we create together. And so to me, like the live concerts and um, live streams and things, I am very happy to do them mostly. I think I'd say it's mostly for the audience that I'm doing those. Like I do it because I know people are in their homes and, um, and not having live music. And I know how much it means to me when my sort of favorite musicians are doing, um, online concerts if I can't see them live I at least get that so but it's interesting it's definitely a lot more for like the other than I think playing music live is for us as much as it is for you and I think um, a lot of that sort of like that exchange and and pleasure I haven't really found how to like you know bring that into the online experience as much so I'm definitely looking forward to getting back, you know, to being able to mm -hmm. um, be together in the same space. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, uh, for me, I, I've mostly, you know, my, my work has usually been online over the years. And so 
you know, it hasn't been that much different for me not to have that interaction. But um, even when you're, you're in person with someone, like you're exchanging something, I think it's called biophotons, but um, you get that from just being physically there with that person. I'm not sure if you really get it from all these screens being kind of everywhere. Like I feel like we're inundated with so many screens now, especially now uh, because of the pandemic, yeah. like, that it's kind of like, it's this balance of like it being damaging for you, but you still want to get your fix of listening to your favorite artist and all this other stuff. Like you can't be on it too long because it's not that good. Don't be on it before bed because the blue light exposure. It's like, oh my mm -hmm. God, but it's your only access or, or gateway to, you know, interact in this way, especially like what we're doing right now. So yeah, weird balance trying to find that, especially during this time. Um, are you finding that yeah. yourself of just like, what, what's really changed for you in your, in your world? because of the pandemic, other than, you know, obviously you can't travel because of music. Has anything else really been thrown around? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everyone's got their own story kind of of how this time has um, like rocked our universe and totally changed everything. I think for me, it's been, it's definitely been big because it's, um, my life is normally actually kind of half in Europe and half in the United States and, um, kind of having family in both places and friends in both places and um just to to be in one place for this long it's the first time in probably about 10 years that I've actually stayed for three three seasons in one place without being on a plane so yeah it's just a I think not only music but also my entire life and relationships have completely um just totally changed uh, in this time so it's been really wild and I think like so many it's hard to get used to because you have to be so adaptable and um also there's a lot of trust in like not knowing when you're going to see your you know some of your closest people um and there's a lot of I think there's been a lot of sort of letting go and and in, for me embracing what is special about this time because it's there it's very easy to see what is what it's lacking like what what I miss about um, normal life. But I also feel like creatively, there's a huge possibility in this time as well. So I've been trying to sort of focus my energy there and really um, enjoy that as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like just as much as you could see that the negative side of things, there's so much um, you know, possibility, as you're saying, just opportunity to really be discovered if someone was to kind of just shift their perception in that direction. I feel actually like pretty optimistic overall about everything, you know, everything that's going on because I kind of think like I felt like the world was in a sleep state for a while, like mm -hmm. not really, not really all there and just kind of zoning out to Netflix and all sorts of random stuff. Like, I don't know why I just call it out Netflix, but it comes to mm -hmm. mind like people just completely zoning out or just being on glued to their phones and their devices. Yeah. And it's like, this is really kind of shooken or stirred the pot, you know, shooken things up, however you want to put it. But, uh, I, I think it's really allowing people to kind of wake up and, and have a certain level of appreciation and, and gratitude and all sorts of things that they may not have had before. So uh, I'm kind of leaning into that myself and really being kind of grateful for so many things that I probably wasn't uh, as much so years, years back. Um, yeah. Really yeah, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to ask you, um, first of all, where you live now in your studio that you're in, uh, I know that you have this like water you're drawn to water all the time so is your studio in your space down near water it is yeah um my studio is actually right between two lakes so okay. um lots of lots of water i get i am a bit predictable in that way lots uh, of water what, what draws you to water in general if you could just like touch on it like what 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 do you get from that because personally I, i'm drawn to water as well and, and i just you know before we started i mentioned i moved recently and uh, mm. I, I moved near uh, a lake also, and previously I was living near a lake. I've always lived near large masses of water for some reason. I haven't quite been able to pinpoint the reason why myself, but I want to see if you've had any introspective thoughts or feelings towards that for yourself. Mm, yeah, it's such a good question because I, I guess I haven't thought about it too much either. It's sort of like a, more of an intuitive thing that um, it's just where I feel I feel best. But I I think if I if I feel into it, it's kind of like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of mystery and space in water like there's the there's just the physical sensation of spaciousness like at a lake 
um, it's not possible for a lot of people to live um, in close proximity because it's water, you know, we can't, we can't um, be there. And I think, you know, I love people, but I also think I, I have a lot of the sort of creative hermit archetype in me of just um, in my, wherever my creative space is, I love to have a lot of physical openness and space around it. So um, if I'm near the ocean or if I'm near a lake, there's that sense of expansiveness, like, um, and that gives a lot to me creatively, I think it gives that sense of like, there's space for something to be thought up and imagined and created. Um, and then there's also that sense of like, almost two worlds, like though under the water, there's this whole other world happening and this whole other collection of life. And so I think I'm also drawn to that, like I'm drawn to the parts of life that that I don't understand so much but that I I still sense and feel so I like living near this place where there's all these birds and fish and you know a lot of other life happening that is very different than my own it just opens something in me mm -hmm. yeah I feel exact same way when you said all the life underneath I had this total picture of like yeah completely different world that we're unfamiliar with just totally foreign to us but we apparently mm -hmm. came from that, you know, mm -hmm. speaking. Um, so I want, I want to ask you as well, uh, if you have practiced any meditation routines throughout this time or, or anything that's really helped ground you or bring you back into a positive resonance, whatever it may be. I mean, I personally like to go uh, walking through nature and you kind of touched on that just now, but do you, do you have anything that you've been doing or practicing throughout this time or even prior to that, that that's really helped ground you? Yeah. Um... I actually, well, one thing, this isn't a meditation practice really, but I did actually get um, quite sick on tour right before the, or actually at the beginning of the pandemic. So we went on a tour around the whole globe um, for the month of February and into early March. And we were, we were kind of just at the point where we were actually trying to cancel events, but it wasn't far enough along it was, we were just a few days really behind um like I was in Italy just three days behind um the big spike there and then I was I was almost like following the virus around the world because then we went on to Asia um right when things were really intense at that time and then um to Australia and New Zealand so we just got really lucky really that we, a lot of musicians their tours were cut off but ours was able to be completed we went around the whole globe and even our last stop on the way home was Hawaii and um, we got we were able to get through and then three days later they closed the borders of Hawaii so we were really kind of tight um, and I stayed we were so careful and I stayed healthy through the whole time but then I got really sick as soon as I got home like on the way home and so I was actually sick for a few months and that was I like when you talk about grounding I think even though nobody like wants a period of time where you're not feeling well um, I think having a period of time where I had this really kind of slow rebuild of my energy and like very slow you know slower than I would have liked kind of return to my energy um, it also felt like this time has been because of that even more sort of about really nurturing like nurturing my body and my physical health um, and that moved its way a lot into the music that um, that me and Ashling have been recording during this time so um, the album is actually called hibernate for this reason because it's really like it's kind of about the beauty of um, that kind of inward space and um, a moment like this how a moment like this or even how an illness kind of makes you cocoon you know and like um, move inward and kind of hold this space and you have to let it last as long as it lasts and before you know you come out of it into something new so I think that's been a long-winded answer at like that's my practice at the moment is sort of um, that things that are really nurturing like really um, sort of listening to to my body and also to my creative self and trying to really um, make space every day to really listen to what I actually need rather than staying really rigid on any 
on any like routine, um, being more in a, in a receptive space, I think. And like, it, I suppose that comes with a lot of surrender as well. It's like receptivity and then surrendering to obviously that illness and just kind of taking that downtime for yourself. So when does that coincide with around the time you cut your hair as well? Because I wanted to ask about that because that's like a yeah. big too. So was that around the same period was when you were just kind of recovering and, and going inward in that way? Yeah, um, I had, so I had shaved the the sides, like I, I know you have the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had done that. Um, I think hair, hair and anything about, you know, our bodies or our clothes or anything it's like it's it's all medium for our creative self you know like we're we're the artists who are working with all of our material and I think hair is such a huge one because it's a part of ourselves but it's also something that you can change and it changes how you look but it also changes how you feel so um yeah I I had shaved the sides which was which was really fun I had done it with one of my best friends when we were making, we were recording um, a project and it was kind of a part of the, the creative um, side of it that we each shaved each other's, you know, sides of our hair. And it was, it was really fun and sort of freeing. Um, and so then I had it like that for about a year. And when I was in Bali on tour, um, Rafa, who's my drummer, he's, he's like this amazing shaman. He, he does a lot of shamanic work and, um he kind of approaches everything like it's a ritual and so he was he was kind of touching up the shaving on on the sides and the way he was doing it like I just had this deep desire to shave my head and I just said to him I was like Rafa I'm gonna have to cut it all off like will you do it when I when I cut it all off like it's not gonna be tonight but it's gonna be soon and he he was like oh yeah yeah that'll be a really good like that'll be a good resetting ritual and so then the tour just got so crazy and wild with trying to navigate, you know, keeping concerts going in the midst of a global pandemic that was very rapidly sort of um, unraveling and causing a lot of logistical challenges to our events. Um, we just didn't, you know, we didn't get around to it. And I sort of felt like, oh, I guess it wasn't the time, you know, and at some point it'll be the time. So I had this like feeling that, as a sort of personal ritual, it was going to feel really good and important for me to just um, kind of let, yeah, like let go of um, a lot of sort of just emotional things with, with that attachment to, to my hair and to like all of the, all of the ideas that come along with that. And so then when I had this experience of, of really not feeling well for a few months and um, I started to feel well again and I just had this new appreciation for my sort of for my energy and for my body and um, it felt like it just felt one day like I didn't plan it it just felt like the right time and I just um, decided out in the garden I was outside and you know birds all around and I, it just felt very like easeful and natural to just kind of let go of a chapter and I think this period of time for a lot of us is a sort of very reflective time looking at how our lives were before and how how we can use this time to go inward and make some shifts and then looking to what the future is going to be like after this time. Um, and so to me, letting go of, you know, a lot of hair was sort of a, a nice ritual for for what this time represented to me. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, the big change. When I first saw a, a photo of it go up, like a photo of your new hair and everything online, I was, I was like, am I not seeing this correctly? I was like, kind of confused. Yeah. I think I zoomed in. I was like, did she cut it? <laughs> yeah. It was cut. It's like, oh, okay, that's different. Deep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like very similarly about uh, you know physical aesthetics, clothing, hair, all that different stuff. Like I, I have long hair at the moment, but um, mm -hmm. actually, it's not even like that long. It comes down to about here. Actually, I had um, my wife, Grace, she, and you, you know Grace, but she uh, mm -hmm. she cut it for me and she was like, don't do chin length? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. It was pretty long before, like past my shoulders. And she ended up just cutting it too short and she was like kind of feeling bad a little bit. And I was like, oh, it doesn't really matter. For that reason that you kind of just you mentioned, like it's, it'll grow back. It's like, whatever, no big deal. 
And I've had like really short hair before. I did like cornrows with my hair. I've done all sorts of weird stuff just for fun. So when I saw, you know, you make that change, it was like, you know, that, that's neat. Um, and I yeah. saw comments and stuff about it, like, oh, what'd you do? It's like, they, they were attached to your hair. It was pretty funny to see. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly a piece of it as well. I think for me, like, you know, anytime you're, and it's, it's fine with me also that a lot of the time I feel like, um, you know, if you make yourself sort of a public person or public figure in any way, people sort of receive things from you or have ideas about you that might not be personally how you feel, but I think that's fine. It's sort of like we we're vessels for each other's fantasies a lot of the time. But there, there is a point where sometimes it feels really good to just remind yourself and the world that, you know, I'm an evolving being, I'm a, I'm a human and a creative human. And that means, yeah, I'm, I'm always going to change. Like, that is always, I think that's, that's just a truth for all of us. And we can't get too attached to how each other is in any moment, because it's important to kind of have space to be allowed to change yeah definitely definitely so um you mentioned rafa and how he's kind of like a shamanic type as well um you're your band member uh under the band mm -hmm. um so have you had any psychedelic experiences during this time i don't remember if i've asked you before if you've had them at all but i guess that question applies as well and the reason i ask this especially is because i'm noticing more and more it's becoming decriminalized everywhere and becoming legalized everywhere especially psilocybin mushrooms and i'm mm -hmm. a huge proponent of the use of psilocybin either in microdose form or, you know, going on large journeys, which I haven't done those in a while, but I have definitely mm -hmm. done microdosing um, pretty frequently. I experiment with that. Uh, so I just wanted to get your take on it. Have you tried anything like that during this time or, or at all? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't during this time. Um, I think at times I've had a few moments in life where I've had these sort of like moments of illness sort of resetting things and I always get just very sort of um I think I get more sensitive like I feel really I feel really sensitive and really sort of just um like I I did uh, an Ayurvedic cleanse of a Panchakarma during this time um as part of sort of coming getting my energy back from from not feeling well and since then yeah, I've even felt like, you know, just having a cup of green tea feels a little bit like a psychedelic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, not during this time for me, it's like just listening to, um, yeah, listening to what I'm kind of needing. And at the moment, I'm just feeling like music is my sort of all the, all the psychedelics I could, I could need. But, but yeah, I'm a big proponent of everyone kind of listening to themselves and, you know, doing what feels right mm -hmm. um so when you what at what point did you and uh i'm gonna try i don't want to mess up her name again ashling is that right mm -hmm. uh, yeah ashling. perfect okay um at what point did you two sort of decide to come together and create woven kin and then also as a part of that like what what inspired you to come up with that name like what was it anything in particular that because i was trying to think of it last night i was like it it brings to mind so many different like thoughts and, and symbolism and stuff like that. So I just wanted to like, kind of get your take on, on how you two came up with that. Yeah, that's a really good question. So, so Ashling and I met um, a few years ago, quite a few years ago in, um, in a pub, like she was, I, it was actually her uncle who I met and he said that I reminded him of his niece and um, and I told him I was a musician. He was like, that's weird. You know, my niece is a musician as well. And he told me where she was playing a few days later. And so I went to this other pub. And as soon as I heard her play, I was like, we're like, it was one of those moments I've had a few times in life where I just meet a musical soulmate. And I just like, you know, I wish I was so sure about everything else in life. There are just these moments when I've met, it's just happened a few times. And I'm just like, yep that's that's like my person and so I, I kind of knew and like had this feeling that we were going to um, be able to do something together and I just admired her musically so much as well but it was more than that it was like a, a kind of a kinship in our in our approach to music and our kind of general way and so the next day she came over to the house that I was staying in and she it turned out that 
I I was renting a house for a couple of months working on an album um, in the same tiny, tiny little village that she lives in. So it's it's like a village next to a village. It's so small. It's not even, you know, the main the main place. Um, and so we just ended up being neighbors for a while. And the first day after we met, she came over and we recorded her harp on an entire album, which was Indigo Sea. So in one day we recorded a whole album and it was it was really amazing. It was like, I think it was a bit intense for both of us because I was like, do you want to come on tour? Like, it kind of just seems like this works. And she's like, I mean, it seems a bit intense, but like, yeah, let's go on tour. And so it was really quick. It was always just like our creative relationship really um, worked and flowed and fell into place. So she was touring with me for um, a couple of years and we ended up just writing songs together um, as part of touring and just collaborating. And then at one point we were like, you know, we should probably just make a band because we've, we've written all these songs together and the music is different than like what the music, we, we actually love making the, the more trancey meditative music as well. And so it was really fun to make two separate projects where we could kind of really put the kind of Irish trad inspired um, more roots of like where both of our musical um, upbringings and education was and then explore other things in the Ajit project. Um, so yeah, it was all very like natural just kind of over time. And then um, we, we were struggling back to the name part. We were kind of struggling with what to call our band and we we're coming up with, you know, all these different ideas, but we couldn't really land on every anything. Um, we're both very creative, but sometimes have trouble with decision-making, you know, getting to the actual like grounded part. And so I remember we were on this bus on the way to the airport in Dublin and we were talking through all these names. And we were like, what about this? Like, I feel like, you know, we weave our voices, like it should be woven something. And we, we had like ideas for it, but then we arrived in Copenhagen where we were traveling to for a festival and we were staying at this hotel and um, the kind of backstory is that two weeks before we had seen Hosier and Maggie Rogers play um, in Cork in Ireland. And, um, and we're big fans of, of both of them and, and especially quite inspired by Maggie Rogers because she has a folk background but has a lot of kind of contemporary elements in her music. Um, and so we're in this hotel in Copenhagen and um, we saw in the bar um, Maggie Rogers' guitarist sitting at the bar and we were like, oh, wow, like, what are the odds that, that Maggie Rogers' guitarist would have kind of followed us around Europe or we followed them around Europe? Um, and so we were like, oh, I wonder if, you know, if the whole band is here. And so the next morning at breakfast, we we ran into Maggie Rogers and her guitarist in the breakfast room and we were talking to them and we were like, it's amazing. You know, we were just, we were just with you in Ireland, like saw you perform in Cork. And they were like, that's so cool. Like, what's your band name? And we were like, we looked at each other and we we're like, how do we not have a band name yet? Maggie Rogers is asking, you know, um, and Elle, who we, her guitarist, who's just amazing. Um, and so we sat down at breakfast and we said, we're not getting up from this table until we've decided on our band name. And sure enough, within like 10 minutes, we were like, we're woven kin. And if anyone, if anyone who we admire musically ever asks us again, we're going to have an answer. So. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's a good decision for indecisive kind of personalities. Like, no, we're sitting here until we figure it out. And then we can go. Uh, yeah. I actually was wondering too about the name, the, the word woven, because for that reason, you two harmonize so well in a lot of your songs. I played a couple before uh, we hopped on. And that's like the first thing I thought was like how you two kind of blend, you know, in and out, back and forth. Uh, and, and it really sounds lovely. So, so far, have you, have you made like another album? Like, it seems like you two would just crank out tons of new songs all the time. Like, do you have a lot sort of, in the works, I guess you could say, for your next album, or or how, how's the process? Yeah, yeah we. Um, it's actually a really exciting time for for 
this duo because we just about three days ago sent our first full album to be mastered. So um, our mastering engineer, Piper Payne, is mastering it as we speak. And um, it's been a, it's been a full year that we've been in the process of making making the album. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's really exciting to we really took our time with it and then we really let it be changed by this strange moment of life that we're all in you know we we had an album that was already underway but then once we entered this sort of time we let what we had really shift and change um and it became this sort of like ode to hibernation you know and to um there there are like moments that have a lot of sort of layers and intensity and then there are moments that are extremely spacious like I think even more spacious instrumentally even than like the meditative music that we make mm. so um yeah it's it was definitely one of the most fun projects I've ever worked on because it was so open in terms of like we can we can kind of create whatever we feel at this point and because of that because of it being our first album um, and not being too married to any particular identity. I think we're just, we're in this place of freedom that we'll probably never have just this kind of freedom again. So mm -hmm. it felt it felt really precious and be, I'm so excited to share it, you know, for that reason, but also because it feels so timely. Like it really feels like something that was kind of born out of this moment. Mm -hmm. and, and you also like have all these new fans that would be drawn to that new style with you. So it's kind of like, it's really like a blank, book and you get to kind of write all the pages and it's really neat in that way so now when you're making like future albums I mean we don't know where things are going with the pandemic but like you're, you mentioned earlier that things are being recorded a lot digitally like are you having to collaborate a lot online with your different solo parts and then bring it together through through editing or how's that how's that process unfolding yeah I mean um some some of the album like maybe half of it was sort of um recorded before quarantine and um and being in different countries so we had a lot of it that was recorded in the same place um and then probably another half of it has been recorded separately um but we we have a really amazing um i i produced like i mixed the project and was a co-producer and then we have another amazing co-producer um for this album whose name is sean o'sullivan um, and he's he's also in Ireland. So Ashling and Sean have been recording there, and then I record in my studio. And we're kind of in constant like process of sending things back and forth, and then layering on what each other has made. So it's just a different like it's something we never would have thought to do. I think creatively, um, but yeah, it brings it definitely brings something out. Mm -hmm. like it, it was a really cool thing to experience, I think. And, and which way, which I wouldn't ask so much which way you prefer, because obviously, um, I guess it would be hard to say one just different than the other, but do you find one to be a little bit, I guess, more, more of an easier process or a smoother process? Or, you know, is it just a matter of you kind of getting in the groove of, of going fully digital to create the stuff? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's like live performing. I think that I would, I would, hands down rather be in the studio with both of them and just be um, singing into one microphone. Like with me and Ashling, I think that's, like you said, our voices kind of weave together in a really fun way. And um, we're both used to singing solo a lot, like just hearing our own voices. And there's something so satisfying to almost losing your voice in another person's voice. So like with Ashling, sometimes when I'm listening back to one of our tracks, I can't even tell which one is my voice. Like I forget for a minute um, which one of us has the high harmony and which has the low. And we do a lot of that, like swapping even in, within one song, kind of weaving and taking on the different harmonies from each other. Um, so to do that live in the same room, there's just nothing quite like it. So I think I would definitely prefer in the future to make our albums in the same place but um for this one I wouldn't change it because it became an album about solitude like it's it's an album about hibernating in your own space and um that inward turn being really precious 
Um, so I think the fact that we were actually alone, like in our creative places, and we actually hadn't seen people, you know, we hadn't seen very many people. Um, I think that was perfect for this project, as much as it's not what we would, you know, choose for our personal sort of pleasure in, in the process of making it. I think it was definitely the right thing for this, mm -hmm. for this project. Mm -hmm. And now going forward, are you going to continue? Obviously, you're going to be continuing to make um, music with, uh, with Woven Kin and other Woven Kin, but are you going to be also doing music still, like the chanting mantra stuff under Ajit uh, going mm -hmm. forward? Or you're going to kind of eventually fizzle that out. And or what, what's your plan to kind of balance the two? Maybe you can start up a third. It'd be crazy if you started up like a third, <laughs> a third musical style, like all of a sudden you're playing the flute or something. <laughs> But what do you, what do you well, like? I do, I do play a number of flutes. So that's, oh, a, really? that's okay. a real possibility, but okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I actually love both projects. Like I feel that they really are outlets for very real parts of my own creativity and both feel really genuine and almost don't feel complete without the other. Like, I think if I was only doing woven kin, I would miss elements of, um, of what we do in the Ajit project. And if I was only doing, as I was for a while, only doing Ajit, I would miss that sort of like folk um, part of who I am um, and having a place for that. So at the moment I'm working on um, a live album for the Ajit project. Um, and I'm really excited about that because I've always um, felt like the live experience of, of our Ajit um, music is very like you were saying it's very community oriented it's very much about like being in the sound together and even the voices of the audience so um i'm really into that at the moment and then i also just finished just released a project about the moon um called lunar for for my ajit music so um yeah there's a lot there's a i, I have a lot of like i have a lot of passion for both projects I think just they're they're very different outlets for me so it's mm -hmm. actually really nice how they kind of complete each other yeah yeah it sounds sounds pretty neat like you can express yourself differently in different avenues and, and you're open to do that it sounds really exciting I, I'm again more mm -hmm. familiar with your Ajit community but most likely because mm -hmm. the other one's still very in, in its infancy but um it is a very active and positive community from, from what I've seen um, mm -hmm. so I'm sure a lot of those people are still like craving your you know, mantra style music and all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Now you mentioned you play some some instruments. Do you play anything? Um, I know I know um, Ashling plays the harp, but do you play anything under under woven kin? Any musical instrument? I do. Yeah. So um, I that's another part of why woven kin is really fun for me. It's kind of a place for um, for me to kind of be able to bring some of the instruments that don't fit as well into. The Ajit project. So um, I play guitar on some of the some of the songs, and I I play um, low whistles, which are kind of a type of flute, um, like a Irish penny whistle, but really big and low and breathy. Um, and then I play baron, which is an Irish drum, um, on a lot of the tracks. And and we in Woven Kin, we use um, the baron as really like a kick drum as well. So we have some of the tracks are more kind of driving. And when you listen to it, it sounds like we have some big kick sample, but it's actually just this really small Irish frame drum. Um, so we're just having a lot of fun, I think, taking these instruments that are traditional Irish instruments that we kind of grew up playing, you know, um, more like session trad tunes with and trying to then just allow them to evolve with our, with our different musical in influences to really honor that sort of like traditional music side that's really precious to us, but then also bring in um, ways that like that same drum can be four on the floor kick drum in certain moments. Mm -hmm. And does Ashling play other music, other instruments as well, or is she just playing the harp um, for the most part? She's mostly playing the harp. She's, um, I think Ashling like kind of plays every instrument, but on the harp, like she's, she's yeah. so extraordinary. She's kind of like a, a bass player and like every other um, instrument in a band all in her harp. 
Um, but she also, she, she plays a lot of like synths and keyboards on the album. Um, and I think we'll, we'll definitely be getting her playing those live in no time. I think it's a matter of just figuring out how she can play the harp and the synth at the same time yeah, somehow. That's right. And just, I'm just wondering about playing live. Would you ever, random question, would you ever like play at, uh, you know, the drive-in theaters because everyone's doing this mm -hmm. whole drive-in thing now? Would you ever have a stage there where you're playing and people are in their vehicles? It's still not the same as if people were in a room singing with you, but I'm just, just putting it out there as a random question. Would you be open to it? Yeah, I would. Yeah. And I've actually, I mean, a lot of this period of time, I've just been um, feeling like I'm embracing it and letting, you know, the pause from touring, letting it be. Um, but I think now I've just been starting to explore, even with some other musicians who are in my same sort of genre, um, starting to explore how and when we could do some kind of socially distant events. Because I think everyone's getting to the point where it's like, we have to find a safe way to, to share our music just, yeah, for our, for our own, um, for our own love of it as much as for anyone wanting to hear it. Yeah, definitely. Like around this time, people, I feel like they just need that, that sense of connection, you know, like, all these things are up like anxiety depression and you know mental health being such a a key key thing key factor in our in our world our society the way things are but um i think it'd be a good idea if you did figure out some way of like mm -hmm. if it's spirit voyage or some other you know uh, organization mm -hmm. they, they would organize something i don't know I, i'm not really like in tune with what's what's going on in that sense in terms of live events but it's got to be some way of doing it i'm sure um yeah so i i just want to get your your take or, or your suggestion for anyone that would be experiencing some difficulty themselves making a big kind of life change or life shift because what you sort of covered here and what you represent in, in a lot of ways is someone making that transition and evolving uh, you know in your own unique way and in your own unique style so a lot of people tend to feel held back or withdrawn from I don't know I guess making that change in their life so they, they're just kind of hesitant for some reason so like do you have any suggestions for anyone listening to this maybe someone that's younger their teens or 20s that's just feeling like they're not fully able to express themselves or, or go in a direction that they've been thinking of like how you thought you wanted to cut your hair and you know you felt that that within you I'm sure a lot of people have that type of feeling for different aspects of their life they just they kind of never make that change and it always kind of eats away at them so I mean do you have, do you have any yeah. suggestions for that, that type of person? Yeah, I mean, definitely sounds like something that we all go through. I think one thing for me that's pretty key is like giving giving myself time and letting letting things start sort of mature and become clear. So I think um, you know, if you if you think you kind of want to make a change, I think it's it's really okay to to have that transformation or that change happen slowly and maybe there are times when it's sort of uncomfortable within that change like you you almost want to just make a big shift because the liminal space or like the in-between is uncomfortable it's uncomfortable not to know exactly how things are going to pan out or how it's going to change um, but I, I've found that that is so important just to have patience with um, the sort of discomfort of letting our, the changes of our lives reveal themselves um, and then I think just tr kind of trusting that I think that sense of trust in your own self is really important like um, you know whether it's being in a relationship that doesn't feel right um, but you know rationally everything seems like you should be there or being in a job that that kind of feels like it's it's taking away your energy or, you know, kind of draining you. Um, I don't think it's ever really the thing to do to just like, um, or maybe not, I shouldn't say never. Sometimes it's the right thing to just abandon it. But I also think sometimes just even the process of like opening up your own awareness of what other options you do have and like starting to use your imagination to kind of, think where like where where you could go because often I think we have a lot more options than we realize we do um, but I think for me it's really important to have small steps like you know that you kind of like allow um, 
trust yourself if you need to make a change in life, but also there's no need for it to happen overnight. Like I think things can happen in their own time. Mm -hmm. I guess it all starts with like the idea or the feeling of, of just wanting to go in that direction and then not feeling rushed, but I guess just allowing it to happen. Like, it seems like with you cutting your hair off, you had that, that ambition to do so a few times before you eventually did it. So it's not like you just did it that one instance where you're getting your head mm -hmm. side of your head shaved, right? You just gave it some time. You let it kind of breathe. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, really yeah, it's, a it's a good example. Yeah. Because it's like, for me, I actually expected when I, when I cut all my hair off because it was really, I cut it to like from really long to really short and I expected it to be a little like intense and almost a little um, shocking, you know, but because of how long I let that thought sit in me and I knew it, it knew it was going to happen. I just didn't know just the moment um, because of that, by the time I actually did it, it was almost like it had already, it was already done. It was like, I was so ready to feel in this certain way. So I think in life also there, there's no need for things to happen so quickly that they're like a shock to your, to your heart or your system. Um, but it's hard to say, like, I don't want to say anything absolutely because life is such a crazy adventure and it's so unique to each of us. So I don't think any, we can all share our experience of it but it's also extremely individual. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, I'd like to take this moment to say thank you for having this conversation and uh, coming up on about an hour, but I don't want to take more of your time. But um, I really do want to celebrate the fact that you have made this change and you're kind of approaching this, these new chapters of your life. And it's just really exciting. So I'll be checking in every now and then and maybe we'll have another chat or something or we can even uh, have a chat with Aisling um, or Ashley yeah. as well. And then... Uh, yeah, that, like, that's basically it. I wanted to wish you kind of the best and, and, and really appreciate Thank everything you. you do on both sides, like Ajit especially, because that music I still listen to and I still love it. Um, but also I've really kind of started to open up to listen more of your Woven Kin stuff. So I'm looking forward to see a lot more there as well. So thanks for, for having this chat. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I know that I know that your podcast and all the work you do is really important to many people as well. And I think it, it takes um, all of us kind of giving our best to these projects, um, especially in this time. I think it help, it's helping people more than ever. So thank you to yeah. you as well for, for staying with this really important work. Yeah, it is. It is a, a matter of staying with it. That's for sure. Like some days I'm like, why am I bothering to post on these accounts and do this stuff? It doesn't actually have anything to do with my work or anything. It's like, I just like to, add the, I guess I get that. I check the messages now and then and see people are like really happy or thankful or appreciative. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that's why. Like, I have to check yeah. those messages and just remind myself, you know, give myself a reason to, to continue. Because sometimes it's like, yeah, especially when I turn on mainstream media and I just look at that, I'm like, wow. Like, and I see the, the audience that that has and the amount of people that are sucked into it. I'm just like, oh, it seems like we're just like chipping away slowly here for everyone. But uh, I think stuff, a lot of stuff does get through. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think it means a lot to all of us at this time to have, you know, these these outlets of creativity and ways to connect. And this is this is such a good one. So, yeah, really happy to be a part of it. Well, thanks again, and um, yeah, we'll chat soon. I'm sure. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Bye.